The attendance for Super Bowl 58 was 61,629. It is the smallest attendance for a Super Bowl, with the exception of the one COVID season in NFL history. Was still a sellout. Uh, it was interesting to me that Allegiant Stadium actually removed seats because they accommodated extra media and auxiliary. Uh, there's there was a weird broadcast booth thing set up in one of the corners. I don't actually know what they're doing there, but one of the corners they took some seats away and built this weird black-looking double-decker, uh, I don't know, seating situation for people to work. Um, it was still a sellout. If it had been a 70,000-seat stadium, it still would have sold out. People wanted to go to this. The part that I find interesting is do you remember uh, six, seven years ago, before Allegiant Stadium was approved, uh, before it was funded and all that, all those SNTIC meetings you went to. Do you remember the NFL saying you have to have a 70,000-seat stadium to host the Super, Super Bowl? Bowl? Yeah. Yeah. So anytime any of these sports leagues say you have to do this, they're making up their own rules and can change it whenever they want. You're assuming it was easy to listen during those meetings? <laughs> you didn't. You fell asleep? No. But David Beckham was at one of them. Yeah, Come I know. On. I remember David Beckham. I remember him walking in, all the stairs he got. Yeah, I remember that. Sitting next to Clay Baker. <laughs> he sat next to Clay Baker? Yeah. Really? Sat next, sat next to Clay Baker, yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. So Why is that funny? Hey, David Beckham. Why is he sitting next to Clay Baker? I feel like he should have a special seat somewhere. <laughs> Wait, did, No, no, did, I sat next yeah. to Clay Baker. Oh, yeah, not, not David, David Beckham. Beckham. All right. Beckham went up on stage. All right. I think there was a, a hanging modifier going on there that you attached <laughs> to the end of Clay Baker that confused me. Okay, that's why I was laughing. I thought David Beckham sat next to Clay Baker. It's like, what's going on there? But anytime any of these leagues set their own, like, deadline or you've got to hit this number they can change the rules whenever they want we're seeing it with the a's they were supposed to have their stadium plans finalized by january 15th to keep getting revenue sharing they didn't do that major league baseball said ah you guys are close enough right. so anytime these leagues are like hey you gotta have this they can just change their rules whenever they want because they're not real rules they're just making things up as they go to try to get whatever they wanted they wanted the stadium to be built bigger and that's why they were pushing that false narrative. And then once it was built and it was 61,000 for the Super Bowl, they said, ah, that's fine. We'll break our own rules because they're not real rules. What do you think? Meanwhile, Super Bowl 58 was the most watched Super Bowl in history here in the United States. 202.4 million people watched the game. That is across CBS, uh, Paramount Plus, where it was streamed, Nickelodeon, and the Spanish one, which was on, I think, Universo. Uh, 202.4 million Americans tuned in. We giving credit to Taylor Swift? Giving a lot of credit to Taylor Swift. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, people who might not have watched the game in the past or just watched it for the halftime show, I think watched it for uh, some uh, shots of her in the chugging beer in the uh, suite. Um, I wonder how many people uh, watched from cruise ships or Chris Fowler. That's a good question. They would not be included in this, no, though. Exactly. They would, that would be a completely exactly. different number. Um, Taylor Swift helped. Uh, we yes. tend to see this in basically all big sporting events. Closer games end up getting better ratings because people that might not be glued to it might say, oh, it's a tie game in the fourth quarter. We'll, we'll watch how right. this one finishes. Right. If that game is a 14-point you know, game in the fourth quarter, those ratings are going to be lower almost across the board. So you got Taylor Swift. You got a close game. I do wonder, will Patrick Mahomes – carry viewership for the rest of his career 
will people assuming he goes to more Super Bowls will people say I want to see if this now. guy can do it. I think it. he is now. Yes. yes. Because we yes. talk about how far he is away from Brady because of how incredible Brady's career is, right? He's Mahomes is still four away. So it's not like he's – if he's in the Super Bowl next year, it's not like, oh, he's going to catch Brady. Obviously, right. if he gets to six Super Bowls – Then you really Then watch. you're talking about, okay, can he catch and pass Brady? But I do wonder if, like, hey, his next two or three Super Bowls he appears in, does Was he Was it the same ratings? with LeBron and Michael? That's uh, maybe something I should have looked up. Um, the ratings for Heat and Lakers. then Cavs oh, he versus Cavs. the Warriors when it was, you know, he played them with both. Right. How, I don't remember if those ratings went up or down or stayed the same when they kept playing each other year after year after year. Um, but I was certainly more intrigued by it. So, sure. But I love LeBron James, and the Warriors are still the greatest uh most entertaining basketball I've ever right. seen played. So I was going to turn into that. Even if they played a 101-game series, I would have kept tuning in. Yeah, great question. Yeah, again, great question. Victor Wembenyama, last night, 27 points, 15 rebounds, 10, 10 blocks. blocks. Uh, also wow. had five assists and seven turnovers. We'll ignore that. Shot 10 of 14 from the floor, and he did all that in 28 Minutes, the Spurs blew out Toronto 122 to 99. What a game. His block shots Ten are funny blocks. sometimes. They're funny. When he blocks a guard, it's one of the funnier <laughs> things. Those he's long arms. He's, he's twice the size. I mean, right. When he puts his arms up, he's so much bigger than a lot of the guards right. in this league. It's funny because it's just like, yeah, what, you thought you were going to score over that? What are you doing, you idiot? So his some of his blocks are just like this looks like like they, a cartoon character. Yeah, I mean it looks like you put a, a high schooler out there against the fifth graders. Right. And you're like, what's what's going on? On the here? short hoop. Yeah, like what are, what are we doing? Why is this kid out here blocking all the fifth grader shots? That's kind of what it looks like when he blocks some of these guys' shots. Um he's very entertaining. The Spurs are not good, but he's very entertaining. And I hope the Spurs uh get good quickly. Because with I, him. Uh, yeah, I want to see Victor Wimbanyama playing in the playoffs. Like, that's what I want to see. They've got a chance with Becky Hammond as the coach. <laughs> Get that bum Popovich yeah. out of here. Come on. And maybe they can do it. It's been a while, Pop. Yeah. But that, I mean, get good. Come on, San Antonio. You got Wimbanyama. I know it's one year, but let's let's get him in the playoffs so I can see this. Like, I'm excited to see Chet Holmgren in the playoffs. Right. Now, Chet Holmgren is not the number one option on that team, so it's not quite as. Uh, I guess intense as Wimbenyama, and maybe, maybe the conversation is: Do the Spurs need somebody better than Wimbenyama to actually compete? The yeah. answer might be yes to that. But go get that guy, and let's see this uh, alien guy block shots. I want to see Wimby versus Chet in the playoffs. Yes, just block yes. each other's shots the whole time. Be great. It'd be fun. Next question. Uh, so this is fun. The referees in last night's Knicks Rockets game uh, admitted to blowing a game deciding call. So, tie game, the Rockets have the ball, pretty brutal possession. Uh, Aaron Holiday ends up chucking up a desperation three at the buzzer. He's like 10 feet behind the three-point line. And the refs call a foul on Jalen Brunson because Brunson, in his closeout, appeared to run into the body of Aaron Holiday. Uh, Holiday made two free throws with less than a second on the clock, and the Rockets won the game. After the game, Ed Malloy, who was the head ref, talked to the pool reporter, and he said that the call was incorrect, that the contact was marginal and incidental and came after the release of the ball and therefore should not have been called. 
Ed Malloy make the call? Ah, uh, oh, that should, that's a good question. I wasn't paying enough attention to which ref. Throw one of his, uh, throw one of his contemporaries off the uh, off the bus. Can you remember a referee admitting no. that a call was wrong? No, not to a pool reporter like, afterwards. The NBA does the last two minute report where, like, uh, they go back and watch the last two minutes, and they'll put out publicly. This call was correct. This call was incorrect. And you can go back and say, oh, there were three incorrect calls in the final two minutes. But that's like the NBA. They're trying to be transparent. Policing their guys. Right. This is the actual ref right after the game saying, yeah, we got that call wrong. I don't. I can't remember that happening. Now, the refs don't always talk to the media afterwards. Right? Like, there's no reason for a pool reporter to go talk to a ref if there wasn't some big call. Right. So, but I can't remember a ref actually saying, we got that one wrong. Doesn't happen very often, so it doesn't do anything for the Knicks. Doesn't help them one bit. But I thought that was uh, interesting, refreshing, uh, fun thing to see when the ref says, "Yep, we we blew it. We absolutely blew that one." Great question. All right, you two. Did the Cowboys hire Mike Zimmer or what? Yeah. What's happening here? I think yeah, they, 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 they officially did. announced yeah. it yesterday. With Adam Schefter's like, "Ah, oh, they hired yeah. Zimmer," and then Rex Ryan's like, "I don't know about that, Adam." They didn't. I don't think they right. hired him. Rex Ryan's still trying to get the job. Is that what that was? Rex Ryan thought he was, had a shot yeah. at the job? Well, they reached out to him. Yeah, so. what's going on there? Rex but Ryan hasn't coached since 2016. They officially announced it yesterday. Zimmerman. The Cowboys did announce it. Yes. yes. Okay. It's done. Mike okay. Zimmer's, He they put out a picture and everything. What the hell was that? What happened? Well, that Maybe was Mike Zimmer negotiating, much like Cliff Kingsbury here. And maybe Rex Ryan thought this isn't going to work out for the, for him, so I'm going to put my name back in there, and I'm going to push for the job. Man, I kind of wish the Cowboys had hired Rex Ryan. No, he would have probably been funner. Yeah, well, oh, just to see you two. Great, just to see you two react about it. <laughs> Guy hasn't coached since 2016. Anything? He's been on TV for six years. Hasn't been a DC since 2008. Right. He's a head coach for a long time, but this guy hasn't been a defensive coordinator and. I've changed a tire more recently than he's been a defensive coordinator. <laughs> that would have been a great hire. Not great. That would have been a funny hire. I would have enjoyed that. Was he, I'll get a job in five minutes? Did he say that? Who said that? I thought people Text said in. that about Text Mike in. Vrabel. No. It, I thought it was Rex Shine. I thought it was Rex Shine when he said, I'll, I'll have a job in five minutes. That I'm not sure. Did he mean with ESPN? <laughs> Maybe he meant on television. <laughs> uh, Seemed yeah. like he got one. So uh, they hired Mike Zimmer, which uh, maybe – th- did the Cowboys just leak out the Rex Ryan stuff to make people – Zimmer uh, like the and Zimmer his agent, hire better? Uh, agent uh, sign, sign the deal? Yeah. Uh, it was Rob Ryan who said okay. he'll have a job in five minutes. Okay, it's Rob Ryan. So different Ryan, brother, but okay. Rob Ryan said that. I don't care about him. Next question. Um, did you guys see the t- post about Tommy Pham? Uh, no, is he I playing s- fantasy? I saw his name, but I didn't see what it was attached right. so to. So Tommy Pham, from Las Vegas, Tommy Pham posted a picture of him at the Super Bowl in the first half. Like, view from his seats, he was in, like, one of the lower bowl, end zone, corner type seats. First half, post a picture. Second half, post a picture, feet up on, like, a coffee table, Super Bowl's on a t- TV, and he put, game is better from my couch. That kid left? Tommy Pham left the Super Bowl. He was at the Super Bowl and left it. I give him more credit for finding his car. <laughs> How did he get to his car and then get home that fast? I don't know. Don't know. But Tommy Pham Where he parked? Left I didn't think Bowl. anyone even parked around that stadium. Maybe 
Rideshare? He could live close. There's some condos near the strip he could live at. Does he live in that high rise off of Flamingo? The one that's right across the ride 15? one of those ride one of those bike taxi things just straight back to his house. Oh, the pedicabs. Yeah. But he got back fast. Yeah. I mean, he must have just gone during the uh, – he must have been an Usher fan. Because the, the picture he posted from his couch was during the third quarter. I don't know when during the game his first picture was because I couldn't – there's no – Might have been – You know, he, you saw the first, he saw the first drive and Christian McCaffrey fumbled. He's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> he guy was like, this game sucks. I'm this game stinks. Get me out of here. But, yes, Tommy Pham apparently left the Super Bowl and watched the game from his couch when he got back home. Uh, and maybe by himself – because oh, you don't really see the rest of the room, but there was presumably nobody with him. Had the feet up? Yeah. Was he Kingsbury with no socks? Oh, God, I wasn't paying enough attention. I was too busy trying to look at the TV screen to see where they were in the game. In the game? Yeah, I didn't pay enough attention to what his feet looked like, but he left the game. Which Okay, Tommy Pham pays for your ticket to go to the Super Bowl. Second quarter, he turns to you and says, let's get out of here. I'm staying. You're staying? Absolutely. Okay. Even if you don't now, you don't have a ride home now. That's fine. Okay, I'll figure you'll, you'll it out. figure it out. Yeah, you'll you'll scheme your way onto one of the media shuttles that exactly. I was on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Tommy Fan might have gone to the Super Bowl alone, Super Bowl alone, and then left the Super Bowl to go home and watch it on his couch. All right, coming up next, we're gonna get into some Major League Baseball with our wonderful Las Vegas A's. It's taken them forever, and the Vegas deal is by no way a sure thing. And I've been alone on a survivor island about this because I still don't think the A's are going to get a deal done in Vegas. And the fact that the owners approved the relocation, it means as much as the four of us voting to approve the A's relocation. It's not relevant. It was done as a procedural matter. But when they voted to approve it, they had no real information in front of them because there is no real information available to them. Follow the guys on Twitter at Ed Graney and at Bischoff underscore Tyler. That was David Sampson, who we've had on the show. He was uh, GM or president of Ops of the Marlins for a while as well. He doesn't for, think it's happening. So first off, what he just said there on the owners voting on it and the owners not having any information because there is no information, which is what we've been complaining about for months now. What did the owners actually vote on? Just that, just that the team can move. The team can move, and nothing else. Yeah. Like there's and, well, no, there was nothing else to vote on. Yeah, I mean, I guess technically they got 380 million dollars in public funding. That's that's the only detail that we know. And the site might be the Tropicana, right? Uh, it probably will be, but they had one binding agreement before and broke that within a week. So, who knows what they do? Um, yeah, I mean, David Sampson, he's not a GM anymore, but that's a guy who has worked in a role that would know a lot more about this than. Uh, most other places right. um, so him being slightly unconvinced is interesting there was supposed to be a meeting on february 15th two days from now of the las vegas stadium authority board now the las vegas stadium authority board oversees allegiant stadium they're also supposed to oversee the a's ballpark or planning for the ballpark um, they are not going to meet in February, according to Alan Snell of LV Sports Biz. If you remember, last month, Steve Hill, who's of the LVCBA, um, he said that there, quote, could be several agreements for the A's presented to the Stadium Authority Board at the February meeting. And now there is no February meeting. So there are no agreements, <laughs> right? 
That would be my assumption. Because if they had agreements, I assume they would have kept the meeting. Right. And they would have said, here's the agreements. Are we signing off on these? Or at least, here's the information. Them. We can sign off on them next meeting them. or whatever. But at least here's the info of these agreements that have to be agreed to. And now there's no meeting. And presumably, there are no agreements for the A's. Are they going to do anything? I want to see renderings. Are they going to do, like, we make fun of the renderings because that's like the, ooh, shiny picture right. thing that we see. Ha- do they have any plans? We haven't seen them. Like, is there anything? We haven't seen anything at this point. Like, do do you think right now John Fisher knows how he's paying for this? I think he has an idea, but it hasn't come to fruition. I think in the, his back of his mind he says, well, I can do this and I can do that. But it hasn't come to fruition. Hasn't come to be reality yet, because one of the right? stories I mean, we he talked had to have he has to have ideas. Well, one of the stories we talked about a couple weeks ago was that he wanted to sell part of the team to raise money to right. fund the ballpark, and I assume that if he had found those investors, we would know about it by now. Like that would have gotten reported that hey, so and so. How long is, has it been? That's a while to take to maybe find people that want to buy in. I mean, I assume he's been looking for him the whole time. Like, I uh, maybe John Fisher wasn't, but I'm under the impression that Fisher, once he got the $380 million, at least then started looking for people to invest right, to help pay for it. I hope he didn't wait until January. I hope he didn't wait until two weeks ago to start trying, oh, I need investors to help pay for this. Maybe he did, but I would assume he's been trying to find these guys for six, seven, eight months by now. So I well yeah because maybe he was trying to find him up in Oakland also yeah and so again they're not going to make everything public right they're not gonna right. they're not gonna brief us every day on where what step they're on they presumably will make announcements when they actually have things but I am genuinely curious what do they have finalized right now do they have financing finalized do they have a stadium design finalized I don't think they have I don't think they have it finalized if in fact. He was looking for investors yeah. just a couple weeks ago. Do they have a timeline? Like 2028 is out here as well, the potential that's the, date. That's the one. But do they have a timeline? Because Rob Manfred, uh, he talked a little bit about this last week, and he said, I would be disappointed if we didn't open that stadium opening day 2028. So I, I guess what do the A's actually have done? Like what can they actually say right now we have this done to build our ballpark in Las Vegas. I think they traded for a pitcher last week. <laughs> and cash. They got cash yeah, for that Yeah, they got game. cash for that guy. Like, is the only thing that's finalized right now... Is the 380? Is that it? Because that might be the only thing right. they have actually finalized is the $380 million in public Well, that's funding. a significant part of it. Which we're morons, by the way. To give them that before all this stuff we're was decided? The, we're the only people that have committed to this. And granted, if it doesn't happen, it's not like the $380 million still goes to John Fisher. Right, it exactly. just doesn't go anywhere. But we're the, the John Fisher hasn't committed to spending his money on it. He's apparently looking for investors who nobody's committed to spending their, their money, money on it. it. The only people committed to spending money on this Are us. is the public dollars. We're morons. We're unbelievable. We're like the cheapest owner in all of sports, and we just said, yeah, here's 380. Tell us when you're ready. And he hasn't told us anything yet. <laughs> We're morons. Absolute morons we are. 
Like, what are we doing here? I mean, I'm not going to say you're wrong because we haven't heard anything else from John Fisher. Yeah. Just, here, again, the, the, we've complained about the renderings. The renderings ultimately don't really that's matter. That's kind of a funny part of it but because they but said they were going to come up with it and they haven't right, done that. But that, it's just that's kind of funny. something. It's just literally The financing is far more right. serious. But the rendering is literally just a tangible thing to show people and say, this is what, what the ballpark look will like. look like. You could build a completely different stadium. Right. And we, right. I mean, right. I joke about it, but it wouldn't really matter. But they can't even give us just, here's a rendering. They did, they did give us one and then said, throw those away. That's not what it's going to look like. So we're back to zero again. They can't even do that. Like, they would get, or they would just deflect a lot of this bad press if they just put out renderings. If they just said, here's what it could yeah. look like. Because in your mind, then, then you there's think something. it's going to be real. Right, but right now, there's no renderings. We have no idea what this is going to look like. We've heard nothing about the financing, and the timeline keeps getting thrown out as 2028, but that's like a question. Even Rob Manfred's getting asked about it, and he's not even able to say, yes. Yes, he's, this is what's going to happen. He says, I'd be disappointed if it didn't happen. Right. Like, just, just do something. Just who's who's running their like PR? Just put out a damn well, rendering. Just put one out. Do you think they're ever going to, or they're just going to build it as they go, kind of oh, like no, Legos? I mean, you have, have to have, you have to have renders. You have to have Do it. You know? yeah. yeah. There's if you walk around Allegiant Stadium yeah. Concourse, they've got damn like just pencil drawing renderings, like blown up as giant framed pictures. I don't know. I fully expect them to be on the construction site every day and be like, "Hey, just put that piece like over there. Let's just have it on the left side of the they're, building." They're going to build it like a seven-year-old builds Legos. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It's just going to be Minecraft. They're just, yeah, yeah, let's add that one. No, nah, let's take that piece back down and we'll put this piece over here. Yeah. just No one would care if someone uh, buried a jersey underneath the cement. No, who would you even bury well, one that, of? Well, that's my next question. Would it be the Giants? I guess. It'd be the Giants. Not even no the one, same no division, one would care about though. that. Do they have, like, do they have a big rival i mean it probably, no the, that's what i i just it's technically I was trying to come up with a team in my mind yeah. it's technically the giants just because of the bay area like they're in the al west they're like mariners rangers astros angels no, none of those are like cares. big rivals nobody cares yeah so it, it's the giants but you, you know they play every year now because of the new schedule right but for forever well hell the nl and al didn't play forever for right. a long time but yeah that's probably it just because they're close to each other and nobody would care yeah so, yeah, I mean, you put a Giants thing under there. I, A's fans in Oakland might actually like it. They might, yeah, damn right, curse that place. <laughs> curse it, bring them back. They might like that. And the A's fans might say, hey, it could give us good luck. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> might win some more games, even though the Giants haven't been great lately. And John Fisher would be like, wait a minute, that jersey, we could sell that, and I could, uh, I could go to lunch Get that in the that. store. Yeah, come on, what are we doing? Sell the, sell the Giants jersey instead. All right, coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, Charles McDonald joins the show covers the NFL, but only a college football team can bring him happiness. Back-to-back Nats. Perfection wears red and black tonight. 15-0. The dogs have done it. Yahoo Sports' Charles McDonald joins the show. Follow him at 4Verts on Twitter. Hello, Charles. Charles? How was was Las Vegas for a week? Uh, uh, My feet hurt. I'm tired. (laughs) Uh, I, I okay. So I didn't even bring my Apple Watch to Vegas, and my phone still registered me for like twelve k steps a day, which is a lot more than I do normally. I gotta say, so uh, I'm a I'm a little tired, but I had a good time. Uh, you know, not really surprised with the outcome of the game because 
Mahomes is God, uh, <laughs> and he went God mode in that second half. So, yeah, it was good. It's good to meet you guys in person. Good to see uh, uh, Vegas again for the third time in three straight years after never going. Uh, over, over the past, what, three years now? Or not even full three years. My first trip was in August 2022. Uh, since August 22, I've spent three weeks of my life in Vegas, and uh, I would like to stay away for a little bit. <laughs> Uh, five years. Super Bowl will be back. You can come back in five years. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot the rotation city now. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it's going to be a minute. Well, uh, maybe I'll just be laid off by then and I won't have to come. <laughs> <laughs> I know you are the leader of the Patrick Mahomes is underrated uh, group, but was there ever a moment in that game you thought it was actually over and they weren't going to come no. back? No, honestly. Uh, well, okay. Actually, maybe. Uh, uh, when they had the uh, so when San Francisco had the third and four uh, in the late late of the fourth quarter, they had a third and four right where it was tied at sixteen, and I was like, bro, if you run the ball here, it's probably over. Even if you don't get, uh, oh sorry, even if you don't get the first down, um, then you know you can still milk some clock with Christian McCaffrey at least force them to burn a timeout. But they threw the ball. It was deflected, and next thing you know, you have Patrick Mahomes down three with the length of the field with two timeouts in his back pocket. And that's when Kelsey had, like, the big catch. To, uh, where For the first time all season, he hit, like, 20 miles per hour uh, on the, the GPS, you know, data that they had. And uh, <laughs> that's when I knew it was over. When, when, Kelsey, when Kelsey caught that pass and picked up steam, got them in range, that's why I knew it was over. Even though they kicked the field goal to push them into overtime, they had some questionable timeout usage on that drive too. But that's kind of par for the course of Andy. With everything else, you he gives you you got to factor in that sometimes the timeout stuff won't be used perfectly. Uh, so yeah, that's the only time I was really scared that the Chiefs were going to lose was when the 49ers had the ball the third and four, uh, tied at 16. Because if they had gotten that first down, they would have won. And if they just ran the ball, they could have milked some clocker and forced them to burn timeout. But they threw a pass. That was deflected, and the Chiefs came down, and, you know, the rest is history. Okay, what do you do if you're Shanahan? Uh, do you kick or do you receive? Um, I I don't think there's really a wrong answer either way. You know, honestly, I, I don't really have a problem with, with his logic there because if I'm Kyle Shanahan, why wouldn't I expect that I can get my, 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 my offense – uh, to score a touchdown, like uh, by all the advanced metrics that we've seen, this 49ers offense this year was quite literally one of the greatest offenses in NFL history. Um, so I don't think that that's necessarily a bad bet to say, hey, we're gonna go, we're gonna get the ball, we're gonna score a touchdown. Then if they score a touchdown, then all we have to do is, is get one more drive and kick a field goal. Um, so you know, I, I think people are getting a little bit too hard on him for his decision, and not enough for the fact that. Like, his players didn't seem to know the rule, which is uh, a little bit odd. I think maybe even that's a little bit overstated because at the end of the day, they're not the ones making the decisions. They just have to go out there and execute. Maybe that sounds a bit callous from, like, a uh, a power dynamic structure. But, you know, the Chiefs players, after the game, they were saying in August, in August, they were practicing playoff. <laughs> they were practicing, you know, playoff overtime scenarios in August before they even played a preseason game. So, uh yeah, I, I think it's just, that's a little bit interesting. But look, at the end of the day, they on that overtime drive, they got down to a third, a second and four, 
at like the you know the eight or nine yard line. I would expect that I would score a touchdown too, but the problem is they I don't think they gain another yard on the next two plays. And, uh, you kick a field goal, you're up twenty two to nineteen, and Mahomes did the thing. Like I I, I think on on that drive uh, where the Chiefs had the ball in overtime, the fourth and one play where they're running like the little naked uh, bootleg. Uh, and and for the one, he runs with the middle naked bootleg and just decides to keep it because it's one yard and he gets eight yards. I was like, okay, Mahomes is in that mode where it's like it's going to be, for the most part, Travis Kelsey or him touching the ball. You know, like because once he starts taking off, and he was a leading rusher for the game. I think that's that's where he's at his most dangerous. Uh, yeah, three Super Bowls uh, in the past what five seasons for him as a starter. That's going to be pretty tough to top for him moving forward, but he's the best player ever, so I would expect him to be back there next year. Have you ever destroyed a TV because of a Falcons game? No, no, um, because I would never destroy something that I spent more than, like, $50 on, to be quite honest with you. Um, I've, I'm just not built like that. I think it's kind of crazy to me to lose your – okay, because, like, the the main thing that I want to do after a Falcons loss is like watch something else, watch something funny, or play some video games. I <laughs> I need a video game. I need a TV for all three of those things. So I'm not going to destroy my. Uh, but I do like watching those videos, I, and I think there was they're they're great. And I think there was a very genuine one where this 49ers fan was watching the Super Bowl. And the way that I, I choose to take these genuinely at first, because I think you can tell when it's, when it's staged. And there's one out there where this guy is watching the game and his family has recorded him watching the end of the game. And as soon as Miko Hardman runs into the end zone and puts his fist up, he just throws a chair yeah. right into the TV. Yes. Immediately. And that one, that one seemed kind of real to me. Uh, there's a, another one where a Dallas Cowboys fan after like a Monday night regular season loss to the Cardinals, shoots the TV, which was very very funny. Uh, look, I don't. I, I, I maybe the the ideal was staged, but there's no way to stage uh, shooting your TV outside. So uh, that was that one might be my favorite uh, of all the ones that we've seen. You uh, unfortunately got to experience one of Kyle Shanahan choke jobs, even though it was the offensive coordinator. Is he cursed? Because this has happened three times where he's had a double digit lead. But it's happened against Brady once and Mahomes twice. Is it? Is he just cursed? Yeah, he's cursed. Cause, cause look, I know that I know I know Kyle gets a lot of heat for that Super Bowl Fifty One loss, right? And he 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 deserves some blame. But if we can be honest about that situation, he deserves a lot less blame than he ended up getting in that game. Because you're going to tell me that a team has three points with 17 minutes of game clock left and they end up with 34 points. I mean, to me, that's on the the new head coach of the commanders more than anybody. Um, So, yeah, I I understand. Look, I was frustrated with Kyle, too, and Kyle has said himself, like, you know, maybe after the Julio catch, you run on second down and just try to get some clock turning. But, you know, he's not the one that gave up 25 points and – 17 minutes of game clock and then gave up the touchdown in overtime. So that, that one sucks. And like, once you get that ball rolling, maybe you just are cursed because you had the, uh, you had the lead the last time you played the chiefs in the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. Then you come back where 
I think this time around, your team is definitely better than the Chiefs team. Like like I said before, it's one of the greatest offenses in NFL history by uh, most efficiency metrics. The defense was still top quality. The defense played well for the for the majority of that game, and then uh, Mahomes came back and killed you. And here's the problem: uh, it's it's like it's hard to envision a scenario where like the the 49ers get back to the Super Bowl and Mahomes isn't there, you know, or <laughs> Okay, let's let's say the Mahomes isn't there. Like you're going to be facing uh, Lamar Jackson, a Joe Burrow, a Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. If the Chargers can get their act together, it, it, it's just going to be tough sledding for these teams in the NFC. I think because all of like the elite quarterback talent is on the other side uh, of the league, and, and and that's just kind of where we are right now. So it, even if you're not going to get Mahomes, you're still going to get one of the other elite guys that can absolutely carve your defense up and. And and that sucks for them and for Kyle. Like, dude, at some point, you got to figure out like a real a real deal of drop back passing game for for all the weapons that you have. Maybe it's Brock Purdy related. I personally, I don't think he played all that well until like maybe the the very end of the game when he hit that throw to Uschek. But uh, I I think you you start to see where the quarterback play limits you a little bit. But still, like you got George Kittle, you got Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and Outside of McCaffrey, those guys didn't really have that big of a game in the Super Bowl. We asked this question yesterday. What happens when Andy Reid leaves? Is Mahomes um, that good that it doesn't matter who it is? I think you go back to, like, um, you guys have seen, oh, man, what's that Will Ferrell movie where he's, he's, he runs the basketball team and he plays on it at the same time? Semi-pro. Uh, semi-pro. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like a little player-coach scenario because – <laughs> Who would you rather have calling plays, Matt Nagy or Patrick Mahomes? I don't know. I, I think I think that's a fair question to ask if you're if you're the Chiefs or if you're a Chiefs fan. But uh, you know, it, it, I don't I don't know when Andy's going to retire. If I was Andy Reid, you would have to like literally carry my dead body off of the field before I stop coaching Patrick Mahomes because um, I don't like this version of the Chiefs offense where they had struggles all year. Their run game was not actually all that efficient. It, it was straight up bad in the Super Bowl um, outside of when he took the ball himself. The wide receiver room was a mess. Their offensive tackle play wasn't all that good all season, except, you know, Jawan Taylor, they kind of figure out by the end of the year, but Donovan Smith did not have a great season. Joe Thune missed the Super Bowl, and they still won. Like, why would I leave? (laughs) What am I supposed to do? Go Go home and eat cheeseburgers? He doesn't drink. He doesn't party. So, yeah, coach until the wheels fall off, and, and, uh, and and then, you know, right off to the glory, when you traumatize people by dying on the football field at age like 90 when Patrick Mahomes is 50 years old winning his 20th Super Bowl. He is Charles McDonald. Follow him on Twitter at 4 Charles, thank you so much. Thanks, Charles. See ya. Uh, so there's Charles McDonald. Uh, what else does Sandy Reid do? Does he do anything else? He just coaches football, shoots, shoots commercials. State Farm commercials, Co- and, commercials, and names plays after Corn Dogs and Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry. Yeah, so... Yeah, he's got nothing else better to do. Just keep showing up there. Um, I uh, I enjoy that Charles has been here so much in the last two and a half years that he doesn't want to come back for five years. Well, he was here for the Super Bowl. Yeah. What were the other two weeks for? Probably the draft. Uh, the draft. And oh, okay. I'm blanking on what the other one was, but yeah, he's been here. Not the Pro Bowl. No, he said August of 22, so preseason maybe? I don't know. Maybe, maybe. there's some weird sports convention. That I just yeah. ignored that it was here. I said, ah, whatever. Who cares about that? Yeah, yeah. NFL's coming to Vegas. Yeah, don't come to the Pro Bowl. 
they're not going to give us the Pro Bowl back, are they? I don't want it. Back. I don't think so. I doubt I don't, it. I, don't want I it doubt back. it. Give us some. Somebody else can take that. Put that back in Hawaii. Just don't have it. Yeah, I mean that. Too. Did either one of you watch any of the Pro Bowl? No, I didn't even know it was happening. Yeah, I, I knew it was happening, but I didn't know. I, didn't I saw it. a video of Jalen Hurts scoring zero points in the quarterback thing, and then people saying it was fake. That he actually did. He didn't do well, but he apparently did score some points. So that's that's the extent of my. Pro, Pro Bowl, Bowl watching. Experience. Did you did you see the video of Dan Orlovsky going through there? He went through the the throwing competition and he beat all of the quarterback scores. Did he? And then Chris Russo was like, "That's not impressive. I can beat him." I was like, mm, "I don't and, know if you can." And did he? Was, he was Chris Russo. He there? said that the next day on the on the oh, pro move the morning pro broadcast. Move. Wait till it's Wait gone. Till it's over. Nah, pro move. That's a good move. By but Chris the Russo. fact that Orlovsky beat all pretty, current yeah. NFL quarterbacks yeah, in that competition, and then Chris Russo, who is like sixty five <laughs> years old, says that's not impressive. I can beat your score. That's good. That's good. Good for bad dog. That's how you do it. You say, yeah, get out of here, Dan Orlovsky. I got it. I got it better than you. All right, coming up next, uh, people are taking Danny too seriously. Well, Caitlin should have broke that record in four years. But because there's a COVID year, then there's another year. You know what I mean? So she's already had an extra year to break that record. So is it truly a broken record? I, I don't you, know. You think, you think exactly how I... I don't I think. think so, but yeah, that'll go in the record books as... Caitlin Clark is the all-time, whatever it is. I don't even know what the number is, but that's the way it'll be. And and I don't think it should be. You're listening to The Press Box on 100.9 FM and 1100 AM. That's Cheryl Swoops, apparently. Are you trying to make me yell at Cheryl Swoops this morning? Yep, Andy? because I know exactly what you were looking up during that entire time. And I No, I was looking up when Iowa plays again. Oh, they play Thursday. Thursday. She's at home, Peacock. right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, no, it's a counting stat. Yeah, you're counting the numbers that she scored, the points that she scored. But that, also, it's a counting stat. But also, that sound, it proves that Cheryl Swoops doesn't pay attention because Caitlin Clark is in her fourth year. Is she? She's played 16 games less than Kelsey Plum <laughs> played in her career, and she's about to break the record in uh, like the first five minutes of Thursday's game. Yeah, it's a it's a counting stat. Like, if you want to know who scored the most points in a season or who scored the most points per game in their career, we have that, too. Right. This is a counting stat. And also, there's five-year players all the time. Yeah. It's called a grad transfer. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. So, don't make me yell at Cheryl Swoops. Uh, what I do need to yell at is you, Danny. Yeah! And Danny over here is taking I'm proud. his, um, what do I call it? his disease. His, uh, his degeneracy. Yeah, his degeneracy. And forcing sports books to create prop bets just for him. Because Danny tweeted, Hey, Circa Las Vegas, Station Sports App, Superbook Nevada, Boyd Gaming, Bet MGM, William Hill. Any of you guys want to put up a prop for the method slash basket type that Caitlin Clark will break the NCAA scoring record? She's eight points short, and the next game is Thursday versus Michigan. So you tagged? Did you miss any sports books? Did you get them all in there? No, there was a couple I didn't tag. <laughs> like a couple more that he has apps to every one of these. I didn't tag South Point. Uh, there's there's a couple of them. Stations did it though. Yes. Stas- Danny tweets this out, and Stations responds, and here are the odds for Caitlin Clark, the type of basket she will score to break the record: a three-point field goal is minus one ten, a two-point field goal is plus 160, and a free throw 
is plus 400. So those are the three ways she could break it. Um, Danny's the reason this bet now exists. And not only does it exist, it's on Station's app homepage. It wow. has its own icon that says Caitlin wow. Clark. Danny, you Danny. are making a difference in I this world. feel so proud. Yes, Have absolutely. you bet this already? I have not because I emptied my account on the Super Bowl, <laughs> and this was the one account that I bet on that I didn't win a single bet. So I do need to put money into it because they were so kind as to put it up. I am obligated you to have bet to, on you it. have to bet on it which, yes which and what, I will what are you be. taking uh just because of the odds i think i'm gonna go with two-pointer okay you don't you don't like the the minus money on uh i mean i i know she's gonna jack up a ton of threes so that might be the best route but i feel like because it's plus money on a two-pointer i'm gonna go that route so i don't want to go free throw this even year it's four to one caitlin clark is attempting 13 threes a game yeah she went i think four of 12 on sunday crazy number she is attempting 13 threes a game she's attempting nine two-pointers a game and 6.7 free throw attempts per per game game. so that actually seems pretty in line with what the odds they actually put out there um good god she only attempted nine and a half threes a game last year she's taken 13.3 this year yeah (laughs) danny i'm proud of you thank you that's pretty awesome, dude. Thank you. That's pretty awesome. You have to win this bet, though. Yeah, that that would help. That would definitely help. If you win this bet, you basically just took money from them. You said, hey, yeah. put this on the board, and then you win the bet, you basically just took money from them. I know. I'm, if you lose I'm it, proud. then you just hit, just gave them money. Yeah. Just for free. And that's fine. But I, I was legitimately curious if any of the books would post it because it is a monumental moment. It's a, it's a good bet. So... I, I am with you. It is a good prop bet. And like most books here in town with college basketball and NBA, they don't put out the lines until the night before. So I wanted to get something out a little early. (laughs) You're welcome, guys. (laughs) Go get Station's app.